Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, December 23rd, 2022. God is in control. God is sovereign and God has a plan. And when you put all of that together, you get something that we call the providence of God. God is not only sovereign and able to do anything, he has a purpose for which he does things. And perhaps nowhere better do we see that in the Bible. Maybe I shouldn't say that because we see it so many places all over the Bible. One of my favorite places we see the providence of God in the Bible is Esther. And what's interesting about Esther is that the providence seems almost invisible because, as we mentioned yesterday, the name of God is not mentioned in the book. But you're reading this, you get it's in the Bible, you see it is the providence of God. Uh, there's there's nothing else that it can be. And I think that even helps us because sometimes in our lives, it's not obvious what God is doing. Well, we don't know what God is doing, but he has a plan. And so let's read today Esther 5, five through 10, the, the last several chapters of the book, and we see the providence of God. We left at kind of a dramatic point. Yes, we do believe in cliffhangers here at Revival from the Bible. We left at a dramatic point yesterday at the end of chapter 4. It ends with Esther saying, I'm going to go to the king, and if I perish, I perish. Well, we pick the story back up in chapter 5, where she goes... um, to the king's court. And again, if, if the king says, what are you doing here? Uh, she could lose her life. And if you think that sounds a little extreme, this was the king who just banished his queen from being queen for her not doing what he wanted. So this king means business with some of these rules that he has. But it just so happens that he raises the scepter towards Esther and approves her coming. Part one, really, of, of the providence of God. And Esther uh, doesn't spill the beans right then. I, I've, I've seen some people teach, and I don't think it's the purpose of this passage, but I also don't think it's a bad idea. Hey, when you want to ask for something, um, look at Esther as a model. She doesn't just go in and say, hey, why are you trying to wipe out my people? She goes in and says, hey, come to a banquet. And at the banquet, when the king says, hey, what do you want? She says, hey, come to a banquet again tomorrow. Let me feed you. Let me take care of you um, before I ask this thing that's very, very important. And Haman, he he gets included in this and he's feeling high on life, man. He is feeling so good uh, that he was included in this feast with the king. But then late in chapter five, he sees Mordecai not bowing before him and he gets 
angry and he goes home. And I love this in verse 11. You see Haman, he is all about himself. And Haman recounted to them the splendor of his riches, the number of his sons, all the promotions with which the king had honored him and how he had advanced him above all the officials and the servants of the queen. And he's saying, even Queen Esther, let no one but me come to the feast with the king. Look, he is feeling pretty good about himself, but it just nags at him that Mordecai is not feeling the same way, that Mordecai will not bow before him. So, his friends and his wife come up with the solution, um, build gallows and go to the king and, you know, have Mordecai hanged in the morning and then go to the feast again. Sounds like a great plan. But that night, again, it just so happens that the king could not sleep. And he has them bring the book, it says, of memorable deeds, the chronicles, which were read before the king. What's up with that? I don't know. Is that supposed to maybe help him sleep? I don't know what's going on, but he's reading the the chronicles. And again, this is where I would say the providence of God is all over this. And he finds out, wait, Mordecai saved my life and nothing was done to honor him. And just at this time, Haman is coming in with his request to kill Mordecai. And there's this incredible scene where the king asks Haman, hey, what, how should you honor somebody? What, what, What should be done for the man to whom the king delights to honor? And Haman's thinking, man. He's got to be talking about me. So he goes through his dream wish list with the king. Let royal robes be brought, robes that the king has worn and a horse that the king has ridden and on whose head a royal crown is set and let the robes and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials. Let them dress the man whom the king delights to honor and let them lead him on the horse through the square of the city, proclaiming before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. And then the king said to Haman, hurry. Take the robes and the horse, as you have said, and do so to Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Leave out nothing that you have mentioned. What a turn of events, Uh, right? He thinks he's going to be honored. The shock there in that. And again, the providence of God that instead of being killed, Mordecai is now being honored because the king couldn't sleep and was reading the Chronicles. That's, That's not a coincidence. And then we get to the feast now where Esther reveals Haman's plot. Uh, The king is angry. The king sees Haman in, in his eyes trying to assault the queen. And so Haman ends up getting hanged on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. And then the rest of the chapters talk about how then they reverse uh, really the, the edict. They can't just say, well, never mind with the edict, but they come up with a counter edict that allows the Jews to defend themselves and the Jews end up destroying their enemies. And there's actually a feast that's still celebrated in Israel today called the Feast of Purim that remembers these events. So, I want you to read this as a story uh, that displays the providence of God. And then I want you to remember, I serve the same God, the same God that showed his providence in his dealings with Esther and Mordecai. He's the same God that is ruling over my life. He's the same God that's orchestrating the nights when I can't sleep. 
He's the same God that will turn schemes back on the schemers. This is the same God that is in control. Do you believe in the providence of God? That God has a good purpose for everything that comes into your life. If so, you never have reason to be afraid. You never have reason to worry. Uh, You have reason to rejoice. I mean, even I think for God's people, there should be a right sense of invincibility uh, about our mindset. Again, not an invincibility, certainly in ourselves, that, that we are above stumbling or falling. No, that that's pride. That's arrogance. Um, but uh, and, and not an invincibility that nothing bad will happen or that there will be no suffering in our life, but a sense of invincibility, knowing nothing will happen to me outside of the providential plan of my God. That's good news, people. That's something to take comfort in. That's something to to relish today. Uh, Even as you look forward to a new year, that can be an exciting thing. That can be a scary thing. Guess what? The same God who orchestrated the book of Esther is going to orchestrate 2023. You can trust him. In Revelation today, we see really a setup to the seven bowl judgments, which we'll read about in chapter 16. But today we're reading Revelation 15, and it's really setting up those final judgments of the tribulation. And the centerpiece of this short chapter, just eight verses, is what is called the Song of Moses, the Servant of God, and the Song of the Lamb. And so, I think it's saying it gives us shades of Exodus 15 when they celebrate what God did through the Red Sea miracle. It also echoes some of the songs sung to the Lamb earlier in the book of Revelation. And I'm going to read the song for you. And with just there being such a short chapter today in Revelation, I want you to make sure that you spend some time meditating on these words. Uh, And hey, maybe even put a tune to them and sing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. But think about these words today. Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. And so, as you think through those lyrics, even just think about what we read in the book of Esther. We serve a God who is great and amazing. He is the Lord God, the Almighty. He does what is just and true. He is the real King of the nations. And we should fear and glorify him because there is no one like him. All the nations will come and worship him for your righteous acts have been revealed. And so as we consider uh, these things, I hope it fills us with confidence in God and worship for God as we move forward to wrapping up this year of revival from the Bible and starting another year As we read through the Bible again, there is more for us to learn about God. There is more to adore about God. There is more to worship God for. And we're going to keep doing that here, going through scripture together. 
Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.